It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch, race fans. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. And we say it every year about this time. It's starting to get to be about that uh, indoor kart season where uh, you're going to be really happy you're inside in a uh, climate-controlled environment rather than racing around. As uh, I think we get a little bit of chilly weather coming the next couple of weeks. Yeah, well, um, hopefully it holds off and doesn't get too awful cold uh, this coming Saturday for your I know, frunk or treat. The frunk or treat. I know. I'm really looking forward to that. Sarah and I were talking about how we're going to decorate up the Tesla and uh, – and be out here and uh, kind of have some fun. And she went and bought all the candy today, so we got plenty of candy to give out. So hopefully, you know, if, if the weather doesn't hold out and uh, it is a little too rainy and they're not able to get it in this week, maybe I did look at the uh, the extended forecast and still going to be a little bit chilly next Saturday, uh, the following Saturday, but um, uh, no rain in the forecast. So maybe they'll delay it a week and we'll just do a late frunk or treat. Uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens. But get out of Quaker Steak and Lube. Uh, big thanks to those guys for supporting the front stretch. And also, uh, coming up on on Tuesday the 7th, here in a couple of weeks, November 7th, uh, they're going to be doing their, them being Joe's Carding, will be their uh, Slick Track Oval. So make sure you get out for that. It's fun to watch. It's even more fun to participate. Uh, it, it, it really wasn't that fun for me to just continuously get lapped by Jack Dover and uh, Cole Vanderheiden and all those guys and Jeremy Down uh, he lapped me several times too. Get out to Quaker Second Lube and uh, Joe's Carding for uh, all the great uh, sights, sounds, and smells. Dirk, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, recap of the race uh, this weekend for NASCAR as well as uh, several news and notes. Uh, do you want to start off with the news and notes or should we do a recap first? Either or. Let's do uh, a news and notes. I'm getting a bunch of uh, notifications. Uh, on this uh, article I posted on the Front Stretch page, uh, Park Jefferson announced uh, late Monday evening that they had decided that they're going to be moving to Thursday nights uh, for their uh, race nights in 2024. Uh, they said, after long deliberation, we have decided to move from Saturday nights to Thursday night. The decision was not taken lightly and was based on several factors, all aimed at growing our sport and catering to the needs of our community. Uh, first off, I think that's always a tough thing to do to, to race on a, a work night or a school night, um, but they feel confident they can do it. Uh, and I can only think of uh, one other track in the area, obviously, that races on Thursday nights, US 30 Speedway, uh, about 200 and some odd miles away. So I think that's they're probably far enough away where they're not going to intermix, but there's probably going to be some people in the middle that would have driven 45 minutes one way or 45 minutes another way that are now going to have a decision to make. Well, it's Saturday night. Um, was their night before, so they were fighting uh, Shelby County for cars, and I'm not sure who for the north. But uh, they've got a nice if, – if they move to Thursday, they're going to have a pretty nice little circuit up there because they'll have the Beaver on Wednesday. They'll have PJ on Thursday. They will have Denison on Friday, Harlan on Saturday, mm -hmm. and Interstate on Sunday. They'll have a little five-day circuit they can make. I get a lot of comments on this. Uh, Ryan Dugan, who's a part of Advantage Racing TV, says it's a good thing for them. Less competition for tracks on Thursday night. Run a quick program. People will be home 
and in bed in time for work. I think that's going to be the key aspect and something that US 30 uh, really focuses on too. And, and I, I wish a lot of other tracks would, would uh, focus a little more attention on just getting the show over with in a timely manner. If you start at 8 o'clock, you got to be done by 10 o'clock. you got to have a two-hour show. Um, so we'll see what happens with Park Jefferson. But, uh, you know, Saturday night, uh, maybe they were having a little more interference because there's quite a few tracks that run on a Saturday night like you were mentioning. Yeah, and, and that's the only thing I can think they're looking at. Um, and they're kind of the last kid to the party. So for them to go ahead and try and find another night to run is probably the most obvious. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think it's the same group of people now that run interstate and then across the street. I think you're right. So if that's the case, now instead of having to run back-to-back, they've got a couple days in between to, yeah. to catch their breath. And do a little bit, of, uh, little bit extra work. Uh, we saw news also on Monday. Flow Racing announced the, uh, officially that Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet of the High Limit Racing Series had acquired the uh, All-Star Circuit of Champions from Tony Stewart. Uh, Tony Stewart kind of seems to be kind of getting out of this circle track thing a little bit. Uh, still owns Eldora. Uh, but now has given up the All-Star Series and is putting a lot of focus on his uh, straight track stuff, his, uh, his uh, drag racing uh, stuff. But uh, kind of a surprising thing here, a little bit of a surprising thing. We heard rumors for a couple of weeks that, that this was possibly going down. And uh, the actual rumor that I heard was that Tony Stewart was going to be giving these guys the series, that he was just ready to be done with it and walk away with it. Uh, you'd mentioned uh, when we were talking about it earlier that Tony took over as basically a last-ditch effort to keep the series going. Correct. That's exactly what happened several years ago. But it was also uh, close to the time when he was retiring, and, and he'd spent a lot of time racing in that series when he first acquired it. And now that he's spending all of his time behind the wheel with that dragster uh, running the NHRA stuff and has the two, two teams in top fuel, I would almost expect him in another year or two to go ahead and step up into the top fuel ranks with his wife and uh, have a two-car team there plus the funny car uh, and yeah I mean I think it's probably a little bit of writing on the wall as far as Eldora goes I think Eldora I think so. will probably be for sale um, it, you know he did that interview with uh, Tyler Walker recently and uh you know, he said, oh, I'm still driving all the time. I'm just not turning anymore. Yeah. You know. Do you feel like maybe he's kind of, he, he may start to back out of Stuart Haas racing a little bit? Uh, obviously, we're going from the dirt track level up to the NASCAR Cup Series level. But I, I, to me personally, I don't think he'll leave that because uh, that's a huge source of revenue for him. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. I guess that's his day job. Yeah. You can see where the All-Star Circuit of Champions the uh, Eldora, it, it may not be worth the time and effort that he's got to put into it. Or if he's more of a, a business dollars and cents guy, he's looking at, at all the money going into it and, and the uh, small percentage of money coming out of it, if it is profitable. Maybe those are two advent adventures that he's looking at. You know, maybe it, it, I did what I needed to do for, for Eldora and for the All-Star Series. Now it's time to hand it off to the next person in line. Uh, Brad Sweet and Kyle Larson, obviously... You know, it's tough to say that they're doing the right things. What they did with the uh, High Limit Series is great, but they did it for one year. So far, just one year. Yeah. And, um, again, it was the new kid in town when it came to Eagle. And, uh, of course, it was obviously wildly accepted because the World Outlaws hasn't, hasn't been mm -hmm. to Eagle in a while. Um, and Eagle is a sprint car track. That's, you know, uh, been their claim to fame for a long time. Um, 
I think uh, Kyle and Brad will do uh, a very good job with it. And I would not be surprised if you see their high roller series or high limit series um, kind of be attached on weekends yeah. with that all-star series. Hmm. Or at least uh, some sort of cooperative between the two. Well, I'm just saying, you know, if they all, let's just say the all-stars are going to race at Eldora on, you know, Saturday, you might see their race at Tuesday on at Tuesday. Eldora. Yeah. You know, or if, they, if the all-stars sign up for a race at Eagle on Saturday or, or a two-day show, Saturday, Sunday show, whatever, or a Sunday show because yep. Eagle runs their weekly on Saturday, and you might see the high limit come in and race on Tuesday. We so. also uh, heard a little bit of a rumor that uh, – Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet may be working on a deal to acquire the uh, uh, World of Outlaws late model series. If that's the case, I wonder if Kyle might be biting off more than he can chew back to back. Just because he's involved in it doesn't mean he's, you know, or just because his name's at the top of the letterhead doesn't mean he knows anything about what's going on day to day. Yeah. I have a tough time believing he wouldn't be involved in it because he's heavily involved in the High Limit series. But it, it, they built that series to make it easier for him, or at least him and Brad, uh, with it being a midweek series. It makes it easier for Kyle to be able to go and race it. It makes it easier for Brad to be a part of it. Uh, they built that series filling a gap that, that was there that nobody ever filled before. Uh, taking on the World of Outlaws late model series would be, I think, a completely different animal that maybe he would have just some little input here and there as a driver. Uh, and maybe it would mean that he would go and race a couple of these one-off shows for the late models. Um, but I, I, I would worry that he's biting off a little more than he could chew. And, and, and again, he's, he's got to focus on his NASCAR Cup Series career right now. Well, yeah, but again, I'm, I'm just saying I, I don't know exactly how much other than driving and promoting that he does with the High Limit Series. I don't think he's um, in on uh, – 90% of probably the daily operations decisions, you know, I, and it's what, a 14-race series? Yeah, I, I don't know the, the complete answer to that. My understanding is that him and Brad basically work on creating ideas between the two. Well, creating ideas is one thing, but... Executing but, it and... Yeah, doing, you know, there's a lot more work in, in that stuff than, uh, you know, than just saying, hey, I got an idea, let's go race here. Yeah. You know, uh, I doubt that they're the two guys that sit down with all the negotiations, with all the different tracks, you know, they probably had a, a big say-so in what the purse structure was, but they probably yeah. didn't set up the purse structure, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know. Uh, I really don't know why he would want to jump in and try to buy the late model side. Now, if you said he was going to buy the World Outlaws, and I'd almost say that they were going to take the World Outlaws, you know, sprint cars and, and mix them in with the All-Stars and, uh, you know, do all kinds of stuff between the two of them. Yeah. Well, I, I think if it, it, yeah, it, who knows what all they're going to do. But uh, so far, uh, Kyle Larson has had a little bit of the Midas touch. Just about everything he's come in contact with has, has worked out. Well, you know, he's a likable guy, mm -hmm. you know. He got himself in a little bit of trouble a couple of years ago, but I think 90% of the general public realized exactly what that was. He's moved on past that. He, yeah. he, did, his, his, he did his suspension. It ended up working out better for him. Because he got away from an organization that was good, but probably would have never won him a championship. Well, they were and, on their way out. Yeah, and he landed a ride at a championship caliber team and has proven that... He can win a championship. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, let's uh, move up into that cup. Oh, my God. Did I just get a smell of, like, ribs? What am I? Man. He's cleaning up over this there. This is tough. Hey, Dan, it looks like there's a little bone there you can gnaw on, maybe. <laughs> oh, that is ribs over there, yeah. Tommy Denton definitely had some ribs. Oh, I just got that smell of that barbecue, though. Smoke. Um, not a lot going on in the uh, Cup Series post-race inspection. Everything would seem to be fine. Uh, we're recording on Monday night. Haven't heard if there was any kind of last-minute stuff. But usually, with, uh, a couple of years ago, we wouldn't find out until Tuesday afternoon if there was a penalty from the racetrack. But now NASCAR has uh, uh, sped up to be that. more transparent. Right, and, and they've, uh, they, they generally announce Sunday night or night after the race if yeah, something the happens. The report after the race was everything was clear, and they were taking the 8 and the 23 back to the R&D center. But, yeah, 8 and 23 back. It didn't say what for. Sometimes they say they're going to the wind tunnel. Sometimes they say they're going to the engine dyno, but they just said the R&D center. Uh, let's take a look at those uh, race results for Sunday's Forever 400 at Homestead Miami Speedway. Uh, unfortunately, I was uh, busy at the track or at the, uh, the bar, and I didn't get to watch much of any of it. Kind of give us a little bit of a recap on some of the things that happened. Kyle oh. Larson looked very dominant. Yeah. Um, he went through on the, uh, was it the second stage where he hit the barrels? How many laps didn't he finish? Uh, 214 of 267. Okay, so it was in the third stage. Um, they were going to have to stretch the tires. And uh, they'd been running, um, the first pit stop came in the early 30s out of 80 laps. Um, but it was about three seconds of fall off between the start of the race and the 30th lap on uh, three seconds of fall off on lap times. And it really shook up the standings. A couple of the guys that, that pitted first, they, they went through the green cycle with no problems. Um, and uh, uh, a lot of guys got some track position by pitting early. Um, Denny Hamlin went way late. He went to like lap 41 or 42. He basically cut the stage in half. So when he cycled back out, he was, uh, if I remember right, like 17 seconds behind, but still I think finished up in the top five or real close to it for the stage. So he had a good run there at the end. So they really thought he was going to be dangerous in that third stage. And then he had something, and I haven't found in it what, but he broke something in the right front suspension. Um, it looked just like he cut a tire down, but when he drove the car back around, the tire was up. Mm. Um, and, and that's what he said on the radio, something broke in the right. And they had an indoor camera shot of it. And you could see him going into the turn and then the wheel getting yanked to the right and up he went. Yeah. Uh, but it was enough damage that, you know, they, they couldn't get fixed and couldn't continue. And, and uh, Martin Truex had a solid car and was going to have a good points day. He got, uh, uh, he got stage points both stages. I want to say he ran about fifth or sixth in both stages. Fifth and then sixth, yep. yep. And, uh, Do you know what happened to Martin Truex Jr.? Yeah, he kaboomed. Um, More and, than that. Huh? I picked him. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, that I did know, too. But, Jr.'s engine. But, yeah, he came and blew up. Um, and that, I think, was when they were fixing the uh, – or during the caution with Denny Hamlin, I think. or he, It was either that or the Larson one because it was under caution when they showed him smoking, and he told the guys, he goes, I think I'm blowing up. And, oh. and Larson's deal, he was coming to pit road and just missed. Oh, yeah. And the announcer, look at how much time Larson's making up. Well, then he gets up, and he's going to drill Ryan Blaney, who was pitting in front of him, and he'd gained 15 car lengths on him coming through the turn down onto the flat. And uh, Kyle, he was just way too hot. He come up, and he actually clipped the right rear 
of Blaney, but then went into the sand barrels on the end of pit road, and he hit hard enough that he couldn't continue. Yeah. Um, he drove it into his pit box, but he was done for the day. Um, but, yeah, that was just Kyle proving he was human. Yeah. The way I figure it. I, I think he was just tricking everybody. The fast guy at the end of the race was Tyler Reddick, and if that race would have had 10 more laps on it, I think he could have won the race. Ryan Blaney had that little bit of right rear damage and uh, was probably a little bit of a parachute over there in Dragon Samara, but that's what kept, kept him from being up front. And Christopher Bell drove like a madman, and uh, he was upset with the, the week before when he thought he had his chance to move on to the Final Four, so he went out and made it happen this week. But he wasn't up front all day. Yeah. I think uh, he got one or two stage points. Uh, one. Uh, well, two, because he finished ninth. And... Uh, I think that was in the first stage or the yeah, second? First, first stage. stage. And uh, then he won the race, so it's, it's not like he had a dominating car, you know, where Larson had 60 points the week before. Larson had a pretty good shot to be well up into the 50 points, winning the first stage, and I think he was second or third in the second stage. I don't think he won it. Uh, Larson was first in stage one and third in stage two. And uh, Keselowski ran a good race for a while, and he was pushing a little too hard and scraped the wall a couple times and slowed himself down a little bit. Um, Bubba Wallace came on at the end. Ross Chastain in the middle of the race was real fast, but I don't think he got the finish that he deserved. Where did Ross finish at? Oh, I saw it. Let me look back. What? Oh, uh, 31st. Oh, yeah, he was involved in that accident. Yep, there was an accident late in the race on the back straightaway. I remember the 15, the 42 were in it. Yeah, Chastain was in that one. So so Christopher Bell ends up getting the win. He punches his ticket into the round of four at Phoenix in a couple of weeks. Ryan Blaney brings it home in second. Tyler Reddick in third. William Byron fourth. A.J. Allmendinger your top five. Then it was Bubba Wallace. Ty Gibbs, Joey Logano, Eric Almarola, and Austin Dillon. Uh, because of those finishes, like we mentioned, Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson, two drivers punched into the next round. William Byron, uh, six wins on the season. He's got to feel pretty comfortable going into Martinsville. But points. also, we've talked about 30 points can, can go, away, go away pretty quickly. If you have a bad qualifying lap and you start at the tail end of the field and you cannot, like, let's just say you get lapped early because, what, it's like 10, 12, 15 laps they're dealing with lap traffic at Martinsville. Right. Um, you can get down pretty quickly and never get a chance to get back up in the front and start making your way forward. Uh, so qualifying is going to be important to those guys and then just keeping their stuff clean and they can point their way into Homestead – or to Phoenix, excuse me. Yeah. Um, you've got uh, Hamlin and Truex now are both below the cut but are both excellent Martinsville drivers. Mm -hmm. Gibbs cars have always been very well – very done very well at Martinsville. Um, so – you know, you'll find out in practice if they're there and, and going to be a serious threat. But obviously only one of them can win. Um, and the other one, I mean, it's going to be tough for those guys to point in. Like we mentioned, uh, William Byron, 30 points above the cut line. Ryan Blaney, 10 points above the cut line in fourth. Then it goes Tyler Reddick, 10 points below the cut line. Hamlin and Truex both tied 17 points behind the cut line. And then Chris Busher's uh, got a win, got a must win. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, yeah. He didn't have a very good day. I think he had a 26th or 27th place finisher at Homestead. I, I think he was involved in that late crash, but he was lost all day. He was on the radio complaining about the car. You know, it doesn't do this, it doesn't do that, it does this, it does that. Um, he wasn't a threat 
anywhere in the day uh, it was bad because it was just the opposite. A lot of times you've seen Brad Keselowski, his teammate, running around in trouble half the day, 15th to 20th. And this week Brad was up in the top five and, and Busher couldn't do anything. So yeah. kind of a little bit of flip-flop for them. But um, where everybody thought Gibbs was going to probably get two cars in this final, he's still got a very good shot at getting two cars in, but it's not Hamlin and Truex what everybody thought it was going to be. I, I don't think there's a way that both of them can get in. Unless maybe William Byron and Blaney both blow up. Yeah, it would be tough, very tough, and slightly unrealistic. And there's a pretty good chance that neither of them get in because you've yeah. got a lot of good cars that are already out that could win this race. Well, and this is the scenario that we were talking about last week. So you're Kyle Larson. You're punched into the round of Phoenix. Martinsville really, there's no benefit for you other than going out there and continuing to get the momentum. Uh or you can go out there and do what you can to ensure Denny Hamlin or Martin Truex Jr. or both of them don't make it into, the, into Phoenix. Like I said, I, I think perfect scenario for Kyle Larson. Uh, I would say that Tyler Reddick or Chris Buescher makes it into the uh, round of Phoenix. Those are the two drivers that I would prefer because I don't think either of those drivers are at the level that Kyle is right now, especially when you're talking about Phoenix. Well, and just having Ryan Blaney win. Yeah. Ryan Blaney can run good there sometimes. Um, so, I mean, he's going to be a legitimate threat there. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot going on in this race, but there's basically four guys that need to win. Yeah. This is, again, this is going to be the, the one race. We have a couple of these races a year, but I think this amplifies the race. When Martinsville is the elimination race to get into the championship race, it adds three to four times more drama. You're going to keep an eye on the great racing that's going on in the track. The NBC is going to do a good job keeping an eye on the running order and then where all the bubble drivers are at. And mm -hmm. it's going to be fun to watch those guys. Because last year we were coming into the coming down the backstretch and you're like, all right, well, Ross Chastain's going to get eliminated. And then he goes and throws the video game move of the year and knocks Denny Hamlin out of Phoenix, and he gets to go and race for a championship. Yeah, but that's obviously not going to happen. And that's worth year. saying that in the offseason, NASCAR banned that. Uh, I can't remember what the rule they put in there, but they basically said that we're not going to allow that to happen again. No melon man. Yeah, no melon man move. But uh, this is going to be a fun race to watch. We're going to talk a little bit more about it on uh, Thursday's podcast as, as we get you guys set for the weekend of racing to come. But uh, it's going to be fun. We're coming down to the last couple of races. Uh, I haven't gotten it created as of Monday night, but it should be out as of Tuesday when we release this episode. But the uh, Phoenix viewing party coming up, all the normal glitz and glamour, and I am – um, I'm going to start doing my research ahead of time because I thought about it last year. I really want to do NASCAR bingo. You ever played like Super Bowl bingo? No? No, I can't say bingo. So the, the way that it works is you've got a bingo card that you buy into and, and you buy a bingo card for five bucks. And each one of the squares, instead of it being like B4 and whatever, it's um, uh like, I guess the best example I can think of right now is if you were playing Kansas City Chiefs football bingo, one of the squares would be camera takes a, takes a look at Taylor Swift. Uh, Mahomes to uh, uh, Kelsey for a five-yard pass. Like, as these things happen, you mark them off. 
So it would be uh, like a Budweiser commercial. You'd mark it off. Uh, it would be an interview with a past champion. You mark it off. Yeah, like, but you'd have to have like a hundred different things to get all the combinations. They've got these online. You purchase it. Like we oh. could buy them for like ten bucks, and then there's there's usually like ten different cards, and you you print them off and mix them up, and then give them out to people, and then you've got a master sheet. So one of us would have to st pay pretty close attention to mark these things off. Well, which obviously, was the, we know who that would be. <laughs> It's going to be Sarah. <laughs> but uh, I think that'd be kind of fun to try and, and do something a little bit different to kind of mix things up a little bit. But we'll have our normal cash pools and, and the, the cash money from Quaker Steak and Lube and all the great uh, specials. Usually they do all-you-can-eat wings exclusively for our party over in the Brickyard. And uh, we'll be doing all that stuff coming up on uh, November 5th for the, um, for the uh, Phoenix Fuming Party. Right. So... Uh, big thank you to everybody. You can hear it in our voices. We're down at Quaker Steak and Lube on Monday night uh, wrapping up the Beatrice Speedway Track Champions interviews. Uh, big thanks to everybody that came out and joined us. Uh, it was a lot of fun to sit down and talk with everybody. I only screwed up a couple of names, uh, even though I, I actually did kind of try and prep for this. But big thanks to Kyle Vanover, Tommy Denton, uh, Kaylee Richards, Trey Dunsing, and uh, Taylor Huss for coming. Uh, Trey and Taylor really made the long haul to come over here and hang out with us for 20, 30 minutes on the microphone, but they got to enjoy a couple of uh, adult beverages and some great food. Yeah, they got to crack a few jokes. So. Yeah, they had a good, I hope they had a good time. We, uh, we hope everybody did too. We're going to take a couple of weeks away. We're not going to do it next Monday as that's going to be uh, the day before Halloween, Halloween. And, and so we're not going to ask people to come out for that. And then we're going to take the 6th off because like we just mentioned, we're going to be at a Quaker Steak and Lube on the 5th and we could sometimes use a little bit of a break from being out and about. So we're going to be back on the uh, 13th. And, Dirk, you're working on some special stuff. Yeah, we've, uh, we've set up a drag race show. Um, we've always tried to do the Ottawa Track Champions, and I got some track champions from the, from the Speedway, and I've gotten in contact with them. And uh, um, we're going to talk with uh, Dustin, and uh, I think Terry is his partner. Um, from uh, the new speed shop in town has been open about a year but omaha speed shop up on 40th and hamilton and uh, both the guys have uh, vast drag racing experience crewing for top fuel teams matter of fact they had an open house in the middle of this summer and had uh ron caps in there so i went up and talked to ron for a little bit that was uh the middle of the week between topeka and brainerd so okay. he was in the area so he came and hung out with his buddy and uh, then we got the Williams brothers, um, longtime racers. I've known these guys since the mid-'80s, uh, but longtime racers in the area that uh, started out, like, running a super gas Maverick, and they won a, a, min, a North Star, or, um, yeah, a North Star title up in uh, Minnesota, um, probably about 85, if I remember right, 86, somewhere in there. And, uh, but they've graduated, and for a long time now, probably for 20-plus years, they've been running an alcohol funny car. And they don't compete with the NHRA, the IHRA. They run this uh, chaos circuit where uh, I know their last few races this year, they raced in Mocan Speedway down in Missouri. Um, the, the race before that, I think, was in Louisiana. The race before that was in New Mexico. Wow. So they're doing a lot of traveling every few weeks. Uh, they runnered up in that series. They won the series last year. Um, so they're a real competitive bunch of guys. They uh, have now relocated. When I first met them, they were here in Council Bluffs, and they've relocated down to Glenwood. Mm. But uh, I don't know how many of the crew. I think there's three brothers, and uh, um, I don't know if their dad's still around. Their, the, their dad and the three boys were always doing the racing when I knew them before. So it'll be good for me. it'll be fun for me to get to talk to these guys a little bit. We've been chatting online a little bit because it's been a long time since we've seen each other. 
but uh, so that's uh, we got five interviews set up for that night, and uh, it'll be another busy night. That'll be another busy night, and there's still an option where we might end up with a six, but I want to try and hold it to five. But <laughs> those six interview nights get kind of long. It's a little exhausting. So that's coming up November 13th. Uh, again, a Quaker second loop. Make sure you follow the Fred Stretch Facebook page for all the podcast releases, all the latest news, and uh, the events that we have coming up over the next couple of weeks. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Big thanks, everybody, for coming out to Quaker Steak and Lube. We're going to take a break. Dirk and I will be right back. We're going to sit down with your stock car track champion, Nate Thompson. Uh, he's going to talk to us about his Eagle Raceway track champion coming up here in turn number two. Hang tight. We'll be right back. We all have that coworker that runs their mouth off at how great they are. They shot a five under par, 95 mile an hour fastball, bench press 375, brah. Wouldn't you love to shut them up by schooling them at Joe's Karting? Council Bluffs premier indoor karting track, professionally designed so each corner is your opportunity to embarrass your coworker. Call Buddy for your next company outing at 712-256-5278. Joe's Karting, white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue next to AMC 17. Quaker Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs continues to offer the best wings, burgers, and steaks seven days a week, along with great daily specials. Mondays are Kids Night, where kids eat for just 99 cents with the purchase of an adult entree. Tuesdays is All You Can Eat Wings Night for just $17. Enjoy a half rack of baby back ribs for just $13.50 on Wednesdays, and you choose on Thursdays for just $12. You can pick between 15 fried shrimp, a pickup cheeseburger, 15 breaded wings, or six boneless wings. Check out Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs on Facebook for all their daily specials. Get too quick to steak and lube. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch, rolling into turn number two, presented by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Get over to Quaker Steak and Lube at Council Bluffs and enjoy all the great sights, sounds, and smells. And Dirk, I was really excited to get back down to the Eagle Raceway Track Champions interviews. Uh, we got here, got set up, had a couple of technical issues. Haven't got to eat yet. The sights, the sounds, the smells. My belly is going crazy. <laughs> but we got to get caught back up again so we can do more of these interviews. Uh, get down to Quaker Steak and Lube. Uh, they're doing a lot of really fun stuff. And I think this is going to probably air before they do the uh, Frunk or Treat. It is the Tesla-themed <laughs> uh, Trunk or Treat event. And it's going to be a parking lot full of Teslas <laughs> handing out candy to young kids. And uh, if you'll notice, when you come over to Quaker Steak and Lube, there's a new building being built to the south of it, and that is a new Tesla facility. So they're working in conjunction with Tesla, doing some really fun stuff, and uh, it'd be a good time to have everybody come out October 28th for the Frunk or Treat. And the Tesla sitting next to me has full-size candy bars, so I know yep. where I'm going to be. Yep, we do full-size candy bars. Uh, I need to take a vote. Uh, maybe I'll do a vote on social media and see what candy bars I need to get, because... I know you're you know, buying Almond Joy. You don't need oh to take God, any vote. You knew it, too. I had an Almond Joy in my head. I love those things. Uh, but tonight, we're sitting down at Quaker Second Loop talking with Eagle Raceway Track Champions. And the first one, well, the one we're going to talk to now is your 2023 Stock Car Track Champion, Nate Thompson, driver of the number 3T. And, Nate, it's, I would say you have had quite the interesting year. Yeah, it's... Uh been uh, long for sure yeah and uh we've had some ups and downs and 
Uh, you put your kid Cameron in, in the car. Yes. He did a really good job of destroying the car in a very unique way. Yes. And now uh, <laughs> we just purchased him a modified. Oh, my. What? What? <laughs> yep. Uh, he, want, he really wanted a sport mod, and I just, there's so many of those, I'd just rather him in a yeah. modified. So uh, he's got a modified that's ready yeah. to go. So. Well, and I'm kind of in the theory now that it's a really good time to get into the modifieds. They're yeah. still yeah. really expensive, but local races are paying really well. And Well, that, and I'm going to make him pay for you know, him to get there and his way in. So as long as he makes a feature, that's $150. So, yeah, um, yeah. That's the way it's going to be. And Help uh, on the week-to-week. Week. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how it goes, and we'll go from there. Obviously, you picked up the uh, Eagle Raceway uh, Stock Car Track Championship. Are, are you still going to focus on your modified side, or are you maybe going to let him take over that part, and you're going to focus on the stock car? No, I got him his own car, so he's, we're going to race together, I guess. And we'll see how long it goes, and hopefully he, he's going to start in the back every night. and. We'll go from there. I'm going to start out in both cars, but I'm not going to try as hard as I did this year. And This year, we just had a couple DNFs, I think three DNFs. And, but, and uh, the car, we built my own car this year, so it's all home-built stuff. And uh, half those stock cars out there are $40,000 race cars now. So um, we uh, struggled in the heat races, so that's... Didn't make it a transfer spots most nights, and then being up there in points, we started six, seven throw every single night. And yeah, I, I think I won eight of those uh, hard charger deals this year. <laughs> it, the car was good in the feature, but just not in the heat race. Just so muddy. Uh, Tyler Drucker so. has mentioned the same thing. Said when he was starting off the season, he was struggling with with heat races. They they kind of get it figured out for the feature. W- was there something about the track being a little bit more slimy this year early on? Well, we're just the very first heat race, and when you're starting fourth row outside and fifth row, and it's just one lane type deal, and then you gotta some of the guys that you know start up front are fast in the mud, you know, so they'll win their heat races, and it's just hard to get through there. Yeah, and it's, uh, there's nothing really you can do about it. I, I, honestly, if Roger gave you guys a, a great track, it would be terrible for the rest of the night. Yes, so yeah, it, no, tra- the track was good. Um, yeah. I, so on, on top of your kids kind of getting into racing and, and you got a couple of cars to deal with, uh, you racing yourself with a couple of cars to deal with, um, you're becoming more involved with you know, being a de facto Hayden. And, and helping out around with Eagle Raceway and, and kind of... Um, really, the Eagle Raceway deal, I, I help with, like, uh, some maintenance stuff on the equipment and building them stuff. And you built the, uh, the uh, flip-over rig, yeah, right? Yeah, the ramp, uh, the water truck that we got last year, the Bob Kaziski water truck. I put a tank and everything on it and ramps around there, stuff like that, but nothing really at the track. Uh, Roger takes care of all that. Yeah. I mean, someday racing wants me to quit and help, but <laughs> we'll push that along yeah. as far as possible. I, I know your boy's helping out quite a bit. Uh, yeah, Je- Jeffrey really likes it. Yeah. He's, he's, well, I tell you what, we give him such a hard time. He knows we like him, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, he, he enjoys the attention. We give him a pretty okay. Well, now that I know that, 
<laughs> we might have to change up our tactic a little bit, but uh, he's a good kid, and we've always we miss him up in the announcers booth. But he's got his own. Uh, what is it now, Jeffrey's? Jeffrey's uh, sixteen. Yeah, he's well. His his shack is known as the. Uh, I voted for House of Heaven, but it it didn't go anywhere. Yeah, I don't think that probably high high side sweets and subs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is kind of sweet, though. Yeah, yeah, he is. I know he's sweet on a couple of girls running around there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I don't hope I didn't get him in trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk more about, uh, about your season. We talked a little bit about the Modified, but the stock car, you know, uh, it, it's a difficult one. To, that's obviously a burgeoning class, one that's growing very quickly. Uh, a lot of changes to it. They're, the price is starting to catch up with the popularity and them getting a little bit more and more expensive. But... Uh, why switch and add to the stock cars? Why did, why did you end up making the move to add that to your night? Well, weekly at first, night? Uh, Keith Young owned a car, and he wanted me to drive it a little bit. So then I drove it here and there, and, and I was having fun with it. So then I, he wanted to sell it at the end of the year. I ended up purchasing it and uh, just drove it the next year. And then that's, that's the one I hit the wall with. And... Uh, Heck, I was like third or fourth in points, so I ended up buying another car. And <laughs> then last winter, we decided to build a couple stock cars. We ended up building eight of them or so for some local guys, and uh, it just kind of snowballed from there, and everything was working pretty good. But pretty I, fun. Cl- you're enjoying the class, though? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's fun. It's just... Uh, they cost a little more than I want to spend, you know. I, I say they cost more than a modified because you're spending, you know, ten, twelve dollars a gallon for fuel, and you know, you know, it just, it costs more. I think. Yeah. But. Well, and, it's amazing how those those classes get popular, and all of a sudden those prices start to creep up. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. It's. They're a little more aggressive in that class for sure, and you gotta. Worry about certain guys spinning out every night. And yeah, the driver gets a little braver with that fender around that front wheel, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. That's definitely for sure. Is, is there a lot of crossover that you can utilize with the modified the stock car? Maybe one direction or the other? Uh, no, the, the stock car is more lazy, I think, and just slower. The modified's more on the edge, and it feels like you can spin out at any time, I guess. But yeah. Where they at in weight difference between the two of them? About 500 pounds? Uh, the modified's uh, 2,500 pounds, and the stock car's 2,950. So just about yeah. 450 yep. pounds. Yeah. We're talking with Nate Thompson, the uh, champion for the stock car division at Eagle Raceway. Um, picked up the track championship, and, uh, again, consistency was the key. Uh, you were hanging around there just waiting for your time, and uh, luck Kind of played into it a little bit, but uh, yeah, you yeah. were there. Yeah, th- three nights towards the end of the season, we were, uh, I thought we were getting real close, actually. I think we were 10, 12 points, and, and then uh, Dylan ended up getting DQ'd for wheelbase, and, but that wasn't really a big deal. It was only going to be two points. Yeah. And, uh, you know, me and him are friends. So he let his temper get a little bigger than it needed to be, so... Uh, then the, he ended up getting DQ'd that night, so that was a loss of 37 points. So Yeah. So he blew a gasket that didn't leak any fluid. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but it, it's a championship nonetheless. I mean, I know that I, I read some disparaging comments on social media, and, and it's, it's frustrating because those are just ignorant people that don't understand. Yeah, the, the, those guys are like uh, guys that uh, you know, aren't even racing. They used to race, and I think their mom quit paying for their cars, so now they don't have cars. <laughs> <laughs> so... It is what it is. It is I, what it is. <laughs> back well, to the basement. You know, it, again, like, I, I don't think it takes away from it because you won the championship. Like, it, and it doesn't matter who runs the racetrack or how many years you've been doing it. You won the championship. The guy in front of you lost it. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and the thing is, uh, he, he literally the next day, he messaged me on Messenger and congratulated me. You know, he, he knew, you know, the owner of his car knew. They, it, 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 they messed up, you know. Yeah. It, it is what it is. Win some, lose some, and I feel bad about the way it happened, but it, it is what it is. Plans for 2024? I know you talked about Cameron's kind of moving into a modified, so what do you got going? Uh, we're going to start out in both cars again. I'm going to try running both, see how it goes, and as long as we ain't tearing stuff up every week, we'll try running all year. But I'd like to race a little bit more other places this year too i only raced eagle all year uh, i think i made it columbus twice yeah this weekend we're gonna try going to park jefferson and uh denison and uh try a little see if we get some yeah. luck around there well it it can't be it's it's a tough decision because you could look at it as i could stay and race at eagle and get really good at that track or I can kind of bounce around a little bit, try other tracks, and learn. Because you're going to learn different driving techniques and other things that are going to work for you. Well, the thing is, like an Eagle, my stock car feature, it's hammered down, wide open. You know, it's, you're going the whole time. And uh, you go anywhere else, it's slick and smooth. And it's, it's a different ball game. So um, it, I struggle more at that deal because I haven't drove on it all year. Yeah. We went to the uh, Abe Lincoln deal with my modified. You know, it was very, I mean, slick top to bottom in the heat race, and we did good, and then we went out in the feature and tightened it up more, and then we went backwards. Just we don't race on it, so yeah. it's a learning curve for sure. Uh, and so you talked about um, running over in Denison. Uh, any other tracks you want to try to hit maybe early next season, certain tracks uh, you got circled? Well, this year, me and Racine were in the middle of buying a house in March. So yeah. we were putting all our money together to buy that deal, and then we redid it. I mean, we, we redid the whole inside of the house, and we moved my whole business there and everything. So we didn't race any specials at the beginning of the year. Normally, we hit Beatrice and stuff like that. But this year, kind of a slower year. And the boys yeah. race go-karts on Fridays, so... I don't race Thursday because if I get tore up Thursday, I can't fix it between. So um, I know Cameron's not going to race go-karts this year. Caden and Ke Jeffrey will, as far as I know. Um, hey, and you're turning into like a Hendrick Motorsports. you got so many drivers working yeah, I for know. you. Yeah, uh, Yeah. Racing, going <laughs> to go race a cart one of these nights? Uh, maybe. If Put her down on one. Yeah, she's always too busy. <laughs> Is she busy? <laughs> I've never noticed. <laughs> no, no. Not really, but she, <laughs> she fakes it. Yeah, she's there. There's some people that are really good at looking busy. Yeah, I used to know how to do that. Now I just yeah. I gave up. I I can't yeah. even fake being busy anymore. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're talking to Nate Thompson, driver of the 3T stock car, your 2023 Eagle Raceway Track champion. Make sure to thank some of those great sponsors that help keep the operation going. Um, 
Intermowing, uh, Nebraska Septic, Assassin Race Engines, Slacker Properties, MP Dodge with Ashley Fowler, and then uh, T3 Fabrication. That's a business I own, and it pays for quite a bit of it. What do you so, do there? Uh, we, we build a lot of car trailers, a lot of repairs. I mean, I build a, this week a roll-off for a trash company, and uh, just whatever we can build to keep the doors open. And uh, metal keep, fabrication? Yep, yep, we do a lot of fabrication, a lot of repairs. I yeah. mean, all day Sunday I did oil changes on semis, so <laughs> it, whatever uh, we can do to make money, we do it. Yeah, so. that's smart business. Yeah. Hey, uh, you didn't say, like, uh, all your pit crew help and your uh, wife. Yeah, we got, we got Dylan Thurman. He helps me every week in the shop, out of the shop. I mean, on my pickup even, whatever it needs done. And Cameron, he just helps me because I pay for his go-kart. Same with the other boys, but I guess it's good. So, yeah, they're all there. They all help me. Yeah. Wife maybe gets you a beer out of the fridge every once in a while? or Not happening. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I could make a real crude joke about Dylan Richards being your MVP on your crew or something, yeah. but I better not say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, like I said, me and him get along real good. We talked every week. It, yeah, it's just a bad situation. I mean, no, we've the, always got along thing with is, Dylan. We, we went into that last night, and uh, I my harmonic balancer broke. Cut a fuel, cut my fuel line. So yeah, I forgot all about that. You were having mechanical issues that night too. So I was running second place, and then I seen Dylan on the back stretch backwards. Or sideways and the yellow come out. I was like, all right. So now I know he's in the back at least. I just need to maintain. And then we go a few more laps, and all of a sudden uh, I start running. My fuel started running out. Car was missing, and I uh, then I seen him coming out of four. He's backwards again. I was like, so that's two two involvements. So yeah. I was thinking he was probably done. <laughs> you know. So I didn't even think he'd be on the racetrack no more. And then I seen him still in the back. I was like, well. They must have gonna let it go or something. So I kept going, and then actually uh, my car was cutting out, and I got spun out, and then Dylan Richards and everybody was kind of involved yeah. in that deal. Well, so then that was that was it of it. That was yeah. That, yeah they, just I, like, I went off. He went off. All of us. Well, I, I don't remember if he went off or not, but it just happened that way. Well, the auto, I think the Auto Connection tow crew helped him off. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think they went off on. He went off on their hook. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that, that like but I said. I, I remember that now. It, 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 I, I remember trying to keep track of where Dylan was, where the points were, and then all of a sudden I watched you come out of two, and you were real sluggish, and I'm like, oh, my God, Nate's got a problem now. Yeah, I ran out of gas, and uh, <laughs> it wasn't good. So You, had a, you said you had, a, like, a pin yeah, hole ju- in just your fuel a, line. Yeah, just a gash in my fuel line. Literally, they pushed me off the racetrack. I bet there was... 40 people there trying to figure out what's wrong with it and I was just telling them is that a gas and there's just nothing yeah. we could do it just had a hole in the fuel line and we fixed it and then Jeffrey went out in the mechanics race and did good out there and so it all it all ended up working out so so uh we were talking with Ryan Gillen um he's kind of planning on racing at Eagle for the first couple of weeks and see how it get the points lay out if he's in contention he'll probably keep running uh, are you kind of thinking the same thing, or are you going to stick firm to kind of maybe playing around and, and hitting some other tracks early uh, season, or are you going to wait till mid season? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna just run the Eagle more likely because 
three cars is going to be hard to keep up with, but I'm going to try hitting some specials before the season. Okay. Um, I always say I'm going to go down to that Texas Abilene deal, but I never do. We're always yeah. too busy at that time. <laughs> but we'll see what happens this year. All right, Nate Thompson, your 2023 Stock Car Track Champion. It's always been a pleasure, man. Appreciate yep. you jumping on the show with us. Yep. Anything you. left you want to say? I guess I never really asked that. No, no. No? I'm a pretty quiet guy, so. I, had, I didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> You're better than Sammy Swindell. That's going to do it for us today. We'll be back with another edition of the Front Stretch. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, get out there and help us support our sponsors. Joe's Carding and Quaker Steak and Lube. And, of course, uh, drink yourself a high noon while you're at Quaker Steak and Lube.